When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Gamecock Nation, what is up? Wes Mitchell here, Chris Clark, Friday episode of GC Live, as always, presented by our good buddy Clint Hammond of the Mortgage Network. ClintHammond.com is where you can find more information. Clint is, of course, the branch manager of the Columbia Mortgage Network, NMLS number 71597. Email address is chammond, that's the letter C, Hammond at MortgageNetwork.com. Clint's office right here in Columbia, South Carolina, if you're familiar with Dreer High School, Pretty, pretty new office, actually, right across the road from Dreer. So shout out to Clint. If you're in the market for a new home or you want to just see what options you have to possibly refinance, Clint is your guy. Again, give him a shout. You see his information right above my head. Every single show that you watch on the YouTube version, which is where we prefer you watch, youtube.com slash Gamecock Central. Hit the subscribe button. We're at an all-time high on YouTube subscribers. Um, I believe we've like doubled, maybe even more since we started doing the show. So keep keep bumping that up. Keep helping us out there. Uh, welcome in. Again, Friday episode of the show, a lot going on. Probably we'll cut it short a little bit of an hour, but we've got plenty to get to. And Chris, the discussion right now centers around the transfer portal. It has, as we talked about earlier this week, it has kind of taken over, especially right now when it's kind of it's it's basically a dead period um, as far as other activity goes. It's the forefront of what most websites that cater to college football athletics, um, you know, are, are covering right now. It is. I mean, we are. You know, the the vast majority of guys from the high school and and even the junior college ranks, but obviously high school takes up most of the numbers, right? Uh, most of those guys are signed in December. And that's been a trend that we saw since the first early signing period. What was that, Wes? The class of 2018, I think it was. Uh, In that class, South Carolina had, and it was the first year of it, we were all wondering how many guys are going to sign. As it turned out in that class, I think it was all but about two. I think it was like Rick Sandage and Dylan Wanham. I mean, everybody else was signed early, and that has continued. Now with the transfer portal, there are usually some more spots after the month of December because guys are leaving, coaches are reserving spots, et cetera. And so South Carolina is no different, especially this year. You've got the seven 
man transfer replacement rule, for lack of a better term, where you're getting some extra slots. And as we know, South Carolina has some positions on this football team in which they need some immediate help on the recruiting trail. And so when you consider that, the portal makes a lot of sense. And they're recruiting uh, multiple guys at multiple positions, some of which uh, are in this weekend. I guess we'll get into that, Wes. Is a dead period. However, there are certain circumstances in which guys can visit if they're looking at enrolling early in conjunction with orientation, which South Carolina has had uh, going on this week and this weekend as well. So uh, lots of activity there. You're right. Across college football, that has been all the rage. Are there still some high school targets out there for different programs? Yes. But for a lot of programs like South Carolina, the vast majority sometimes all of the guys that they have left on the board are from the portal. You know, I'm, I'm not going to be surprised, Chris, if like a guy or two maybe pops up down the stretch out of the high school ranks. Um, of course, they'd love to uh, maybe add a preferred walk-on kicker uh, along the way, I, I think. But but otherwise, like you said, it, it seems like right now, you know, we, we've kind of called transfer portal recruiting free agency or a college football's version of free agency it literally feels like that right now because you can almost kind of you can almost think along with the staff if you look at the guys that are being targeted and you look at the roster and you look at the needs you can almost see them like filling in the blanks along the way and so i i do you know gamecock central subscribers already have a feel for some of these guys and and what they're all about and um you know, most of the time, if we get something, and I should say all the time, if we get something that is reportable, it goes up on Gamecock Central on our Insiders Forum right off the bat. So you're going to get it instantly there. But I do want to go through some of these guys for purposes of the show. And, you know, first and foremost, this is like quite – we'll start big picture. This is like quietly become a massive recruiting – week, weekend, it kind of started yesterday on Thursday for, for South Carolina. It's like all of a sudden, wow, they, they have a bunch of guys on campus that, that could really help them. And um, it starts with uh, what you posted, and now he's, he's put it on quite a bit of social media posts. Spencer Rattler is on campus right now, sort of going through the process of getting settled in, figuring out um, what life at South Carolina is going to be like. He never actually, as he told us, he never actually took a visit. So that um, – that's going on. We'll get into some of the guys here in a second, but it cannot hurt at all for South Carolina that Rattler is on campus right now while some of these other guys are on campus as well. No doubt. And and Spencer, since he committed to South Carolina, has been on social media some, you know, publicly tweeting at guys. He told us in our interview with him, Wes, that he's reached out to some current team members and, you know, know he's been doing that as well behind the scenes with some recruits. So that certainly helps several guys on campus. He's on campus. Don't know, you know, one question may be where they haven't spent some meet with these guys. Don't know. You would assume so. Um, but I'm sure we'll pick up more, you know, after the weekend, some of these guys visits are going to wrap up, you know, probably on, on Saturday West. And so we'll be able to gather a little bit more there, but no doubt that, uh, you know, having Rattler on campus and having him, having him, you know, put social media posts up about his presence in Columbia is something that continues, 
you know, to get the fan base excited because they're still kind of riding the wave from the bowl, from the bowl game, from Rattler's commitment and the bowl game, then kind of going back to Rattler after he's publicly spoken and getting more and more excited about next season for sure. So you got, um, first and foremost, let's start with the first guy who we got word was on campus this week and actually visited um, starting yesterday. And again, pre- pretty cool little, I don't know if you, like loophole or just uh, opportunity there with sort of any guys that are possible early enrollees, you have orientation going on. Like you said, it lets you go ahead and bring some guys in. It kind of sets up well, in my opinion, Chris, because here's the thing. If guys are kind of already in here for orientation and class starts on the 10th and you're wanting to be an early enrollee, like I know that every school doesn't start at the same time, but most schools, if you're, you know, most schools are about to start. So it's like, if I'm already here, it's a pretty easy, I don't want to say it's an easy sell, but, it, but that, that's the natural sell to be like, well, why don't you just go ahead and leave your bags at 650 Lincoln, you know, like, Go go ahead and make this happen. If you're if you're making a decision soon, which if you're going to be an early enrollee, you are. It, it's very similar to maybe getting a a visit right before signing day. In in a traditional sense, I think it is. Yeah, I mean you're, you're right up against kind of the deadline for a lot of these guys. It's going to be that last visit, so it makes a ton of sense on timing. Works out. It's a good usage by South Carolina of the rule, you know, of of taking advantage of the rule and the timing to be able to bring guys in, yes, during a dead period, but also, yes, during orientation, which is the workaround there. So, um, you know, in terms of exact enrollment times for some guys, it's got to be, from our understanding, Wes, it's got to be in January to be able to take these visits. So it would be, you know, if you can land some of these guys, one, some, however many you're able to land, those would be guys that presumably are going through spring practice with you and, and getting a jump start on being able to contribute, which is what you're doing when you're bringing in transfers. It is a great point earlier about people. people are talking about free agency in college football kind of in that negative light. But what it's really done is it's just has changed roster management. I think a lot of people say in free agency in a negative sense in that it's like professionalized it and things like that. It has. Um, but what it's made college coaches do, what it's even it's changed high school and JUCO recruiting some, touched on that in our last show, Wes. And now – you know, coaches would go through a recruiting board every year, recruiting cycle, and you you generally have, here's how many guys you want to take every year, right? You probably want to be taking a handful of offensive linemen. You want to take a quarterback. And based on your team needs, you were going to, hey, well, we need this many linebackers this year as opposed to one or two. That fluctuated some, right? But now in the early draft entry era, which has been going on for a while, that, you know, whole notion of of your needs in a recruiting class, it kind of took a step up. Well, now the transfer portal makes it very unpredictable because you could be banking on a certain number of guys. You may lose more guys than you anticipated. That's where you go to the portal 
and you say, well, we lost two safeties and maybe we didn't think we were going to lose but one, or maybe we didn't think we were going to lose two at all. Instead of pulling from a recruiting class and grabbing a freshman that may or may not be ready, now you're going out and looking for the ready-made guys. So it's very similar to free agency in the NFL. If you have two or three key guys that are free agents at various positions and you know you're probably going to lose them, what's your priority position to replace those guys most likely? And so I think it's just made uh, made a roster management a little bit more interesting and frankly probably more challenging you know, at the college level for these coaches? Well, I, th- I think it's it's challenging in the sense of you maybe are counting on a guy for you, – you can't just say we're going to have this guy. used to be you'd say we're going to have this guy for four years. Then, you know, you probably – if they were really good, you'd say, oh, we'll have this guy for three years. And now you can't really even think like that. It's almost like you think like, hey, this is the team for this year. And that, That's right, yeah. You know, this is a team for this year. Now, the the other side is it it does give you a little bit of uh, like a parachute in that if a spot, I mean, I I remember as as good as some of those Spurrier teams were, and and obviously those are some really good teams. Sometimes the roster management, as far as position to position, um, Carolina would end up having. I, I, you remember those classes where it would be like, well, they, they definitely need some receivers this class. And it'd be like, they're after seven, they're trying to sign like seven receivers, you know? And it, it's kind of like, if if that roster existed in the transfer portal era, you just said, well, need some, need some receivers that can play right away. Go, let's go find one. And so you've got to... You have you're going to lose some of your guys that maybe you wouldn't have ten years ago, but also if you're smart and you've built good relationships in recruiting, even if you missed on a guy the first time around, you go in it. So I think it's just that there's more. It's kind of like the NFL in that there's more turnover from year to year um, at, at positions. You know, not just every three to four years. It's more. The, every year in some senses. Here's a question that I uh, literally, I've thought about it before, but it kind of came to the forefront while you're talking is what can college coaches do to prevent some of the type of attrition that we've seen on their roster? And I don't know if you can, you know, like now I'm not sure because the easy thing to say is, well, uh, build a really good culture. That is going to help, in my opinion. If you've got, if you've got a good coaching staff, if you've got a great program set up, I do think you're going to have a better chance of keeping guys around, riding it out. Guys are going to, if you're recruiting the right kind of kids, hey, maybe I'll stay around and develop. Not that there's anything wrong with with a guy going and looking around, but we've seen all types of programs you know, losing guys to the transfer portal. Um, you know, Clemson, for example, talks a lot about culture, and I'm, I'm, they do, I think, have a good one, but they've had a lot of guys leave. I think a lot of it is just tied to talent, Wes. In this era, if you're stacking guys in great classes, like we've seen Georgia and Alabama do, A&M's doing it now, I think you're going to see guys, instead of waiting it out, like they would have been more inclined to do back in the day, 
Now they're going to look around at another place, maybe a, a school that finished second or third or fourth in their recruitment. Like you said, they may take another look at now um, because guys want to play. And in this era where, you know, it might have held you back in the past to say, well, I'm not going to I'm not going to go sit out a place. That's the same thing that I'll be doing here. Now you can go somewhere immediately. And that helps you. Uh, Georgia you know, lost some guys to the transfer portal that went to their new school and made a huge impact. But they've been able to weather that and play in the national title game, right, because they have stacked talent. South Carolina, under Shane Beamer, has built a culture that is really good from what we've seen. They still lost some guys, and and there are various reasons for that. Some of it was playing time. Some of it was guys needed a fresh start. The point I'm trying to make is I just identified what three different programs, coaches, personalities, cultures – they're all losing guys. And so I think it's going to be tough. Maybe things settle down a bit, but I think it's going to be tough to manage guys leaving your program now with that one-time transfer exemption sitting right on the other side. Yeah, I think you're right, man. It's, it's going to be a part of it, but as with anything, it's about uh, how you react to it and it's about minimizing the damage in, in some ways. You know, I think to your point, culture – not having to de-recruit guys. You know, it used to be, I mean, recruiting is always going to be a bit of sales. Uh, it, it is sales. And we all, we all know, especially once you become an adult, you know, when you get a sales pitch from somebody, even if they mean, even if they mean well, even if they believe what they're saying, it's always the positives. They're not pointing out the negatives about the car they're trying to sell you. So, then you see the reality when you get there. I, I think the coaches that are more realistic, that are a little bit more, um, you know, the, the recruiting pitches are more like, here's kind of how things are. This is how we do things. Take it or leave it. That that might not always get the sizzle as far as get landing that guy in that head-to-head battle. But if you keep more of your players, whereas Coach B over here, gets you know gets more players but then they all leave because they're like that guy was full of it you know it it, it's it's going to work out more to your advantage over time if you handle recruiting the right way i think so we'll certainly see so far so good i would say for south carolina with the transfer portal there may be a moment where in the future we just have a have guys that that want to go try to play somewhere else so obviously we already know just from a number standpoint, at some point, there will be more transfers out for South Carolina. So that will be something to keep an eye on as well. Let's talk about a couple of these guys, Chris. Again, you can almost you can almost sort of walk through the staff's process here. Devonnie Reed, Western Michigan, graduate transfer safety, six foot one ninety-five. This kid has already played four years, so you're getting a veteran, 43 games played. 200, let me make sure I got this right, 281 tackles in his career. So he is a, I think you'd call him a bonafide, like, stat stuffer. Like, this dude has made a ton of tackles, physical kid, and we know they've signed a big class of defensive backs. I think Devonnie Reed basically is, okay, Jalen Foster is leaving. There maybe isn't a guy on the roster right now that you just say they slide right in, like they're ready-made to step in and play and start at safety. 
if they land Devonte Reed, he's on campus right now, by the way. If they land him, I think they're in pretty good shape to do so. You can just see what their what the plan is there. He'd had he would have every opportunity to step right in and play. Yeah, that it's a, it's a plug and play, you know, situation for Devonte Reed with his experience, and you know, some people West may roll their eyes, which I I would hope we've all learned our lesson on doing that. That guys that come from lower levels can play if you. If you took 25 guys a year from Western Michigan's roster, you're probably going to have a Western Michigan team. But you can pull some, right? Like this is what happened to Nick Muse from William & Mary. You don't want to sign 20 guys from William & Mary, right? No offense to those guys. But um, you can sprinkle in for sure some guys from group of five programs or, heck, division two programs. We saw some of that in you know in the SEC this past year. Uh this guy, you watch him on film, man, and he's a physical presence. You know, he hits people. He's got a really good nose for the football. You know, you look at some of the some of the picks that he has, you know, really acrobatic, you know, type picks where he just happens to always be around the ball and, and can pack a punch. So different type of player, I think, than Jalen Foster, um, who's, you know, that coverage type of guy and certainly a, a good tackler can come off the edge too. But he's a big physical presence that I think is it would play a ton immediately at South Carolina. Yeah, and just to be clear, um, I've already done this twice. I said Western Michigan, Central Michigan. The Chippewas is where Devontae Reed came from. So I'm going to screw that up again, I'm sure. There's an that. Eastern, too. I think I said Eastern the other day. So Yeah, there is an Eastern. I I typed Western Michigan on one thing on Gamecraft Central. I need to get it right now the funny thing is generally you guys and girls are very quick to point out hey you got this one wrong no i don't think anybody even noticed um which or or just didn't care which michigan it was but we'll see how south carolina does there again i think they're in pretty good shape and the kid obviously sees hey there, there's a huge opportunity here and i think look at the offers man i mean texas offered this kid like yeah he's coming from you know, it's a it's a group of five school, but he he's coming in with with offers from from really all over the country. So clearly, the guy has um, has played well and impressed not just South Carolina staff, but but several other. I don't have the list in front of me, but it's a it's actually a pretty nice list of of schools that have offered them. Let me see if I yeah, Texas, Colorado, Louisville, Mississippi State, Wisconsin, Virginia Tech. Not a bad little list, man. So uh, other schools have taken notice. Uh, let, let's let's get into one that I think fans will be very excited about, Chris. This is pretty new news uh, coming up this morning. Uh, James Madison wide receiver Antoine Wells Jr. South Carolina offered earlier this week. I think that was Wednesday. 6'1", 204. Pretty much was the best, arguably the best player on one of the best FCS teams. Put up huge numbers is already this is what caught me off guard man they they've played they played a spring season and then a real season so it was an eight game spring season and i think he started half of them maybe half the games off the bat as a true freshman then he turned right back around as a quote redshirt freshman this past season he already is third all time at james madison in career receiving touchdowns is ninth in career receiving yards and his ninth in career receptions. So that's in basically 
a little bit over a season and a half, he's already top five and top ten, depending on which category, in JMU program history. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. And the unfortunate thing was texting with our guy Kevin Roche about this this morning. Most guys, Wes, especially you know guys that enter the portal or guys that you know don't don't even have to be SEC you know Power Five players. It's easy to find highlight reels on guys. Have you found a like spliced together highlight reel? I've had to go and kind of watch individual pieces of games to piece together. Antoine Wells game, but there, there's some impressive things. And I think m- most importantly is what you said, you know, stats don't tell the entire story, but South Carolina needs guys that are to use, to steal your, your read phrase stat stuffers. And this guy has been a stat stuffer on the offensive side of the ball at receiver in terms of catching the football, creating touchdowns, creating big plays, which is why he's now on South Carolina's radar. And so we know receivers in need position and, uh, Things have seemed to advance pretty pretty quickly, pretty powerfully with this kid. Yeah, he's on campus as well. I think they're from what I've heard. Again, and it's I was told earlier this week that basically, you know, the the kid's just taking it all in because he goes from James Madison, not really that highly recruited out of high school, had to do a year at Fork Union, to now just boom getting offers from all over. I think the Spencer Rattler factor, completely speculating here, but the Spencer Rattler factor has to has to matter here. If you're a wide receiver, that matters. And again, we talked about it earlier, man, the, the timing. The fact that if you're if you're an early enrollee, you want to get started. Excellent timing for South Carolina here, bringing those guys in. Uh, let's see. Another kid uh, we've talked about on Gamecock Central, Terrell Dawkins, NC State, sophomore this past season, a kid that was was slowed this year, had an offseason injury that, that really slowed him down, had a massive freshman year, uh, long, athletic, defensive end type. Some people have questioned, does South Carolina need a defensive end? I say absolutely yes. You start looking behind the, the two Jordans trademark, um, Jordan Birch, Jordan Strong. You know, there, there's some players there, don't get me wrong, but proven-wise, like guys that have gone out and done it, there's a there's questions there as well. So you look, bring this kid in, he probably maybe instantly slots as like your third defensive end. The two, George. How many that trademarks is that, unofficial trademarks we have? I know the Jason Brown experience was definitely trademarked. Um, being transferred to Virginia Tech. But, but the trademark does not transfer. We keep okay. it here on GC Live. Please, Jason, do not sue us. We're just joking, kind of. Uh, Jason Brown, by the way, shout out. Uh, obviously, you guys probably saw going to Virginia Tech back home. So pretty cool thing for him, man. Side note, um, always wanted to play in the SEC and got that opportunity at South Carolina, and now he gets to go back home and play for Virginia Tech. So, Power 5 ACC program back home in Virginia for a kid who was kind of light or was lightly recruited out of high school and started his career at FCS St. Francis. Really, really cool for him. Uh, Virginia Tech with a nice haul. They got Jason Brown and Grant Wells from Marshall, who's a, been quite a good player for them. So, 
Very interesting stuff there. But, yeah, it's a good point. You lose Aaron Sterling. You lose J.J. Nagbare. You've got Birch and Strawn, but you got Strawn in his last year. You got Birch will be a junior. So you need guys behind them immediately, but you also need guys in that pipeline. And so Dawkins, is the guy from NC State, is still a young player and is going to have some more time, young in a relative sense, going to have some more time to help you out there. So another you know, I think potentially important guy that they could land. And this this West would be a player who's also originally from North Carolina. I think that's a – we've talked a lot on this show about the need for South Carolina to do better in North Carolina on the recruiting trail. This isn't a high school acquisition, but it is a guy who went to high school in North Carolina, which can, you know, only help if they can land him. They get a, a guy from their geographic region they need to tap into and it would be a guy that could help them on the field. Well, every little bit helps as far as making inroads. I mean, you look at North Carolina, another guy who we're about to talk about right now who is from North Carolina and actually played for, I believe, four full years now at Wake Forest would be Christian Bill Smith. And looking at at going back to Antoine Wells for a second, Richmond, Virginia kid. I, I think South Carolina wants to continue to make inroads in Richmond. That's an area, obviously, where Frank Beamer's name would carry a ton of weight. Shane Beamer has relationships there, obviously. So um, Antoine Wells Jr., originally from Highland Springs, Virginia, a couple of guys. South Carolina was somewhat close to getting uh, at a high school. We're from that same program. Um, I remember there was a time when uh, Kelvin Gilliam Jr., Carolina felt pretty good there, right? Um, And the other kid, uh, Damon Harmon. Is that right? Um, yep, that's it. The DB. Yeah, yeah. So good pull. Yeah, se- several guys there. That, that that's a school that that's actually a school that if Carolina were to pull this off, there there's gonna there's almost always gonna be guys from that school. So that that'll be something to keep an eye on moving forward. But a running back quickly went from a depth strength to somewhere where South Carolina felt they uh, they're gonna need help from the portal. I agree with that sentiment, and um, you know, unless they unless there was just a twenty-two that was an absolute monster, then it's maybe a different discussion. But right now, no running backs in the twenty twenty-two class, as far as South Carolina is concerned. So portal quickly becomes a thing. And Christian Bill Smith, very interesting career at Wake Forest last season, twenty twenty. So like actually two seasons ago, I guess technically, he split time and was the leading rusher at Wake Forest. The other guy transferred out, somebody named Kent Walker. And he goes on to win the Doak Walker Award for the best running back in the country at Michigan State. Uh, I think, he, And he also won the Walter Camp Award, which is uh, best player in the country. So, yeah, then Bill splits time with two other guys this year. And Wake Forest apparently just kind of rotates their guys in and out. You had like three guys that all were in that like four or five, six hundred yardage range on the ground. But Bill, once again, led the way and was the leading rusher. So getting a veteran, probably not as splashy of a pickup if South Carolina gets him, you know, as maybe even some of these other guys. But I think a, a proven workhorse type guy who could come in and just give you a steady presence in the backfield. 
Yeah, and watching him, Wes, not that they're the same player, but stylistically, Kevin Harris-esque to me. Um, he's 5'10", I think 200. Harris was 5'10", 220. And Kevin Harris obviously is a lot different than Juju McDowell, for instance, or Marshawn Lloyd. Same thing with, with Christian Bill. You know, you lose your big bruiser type in Kevin Harris, who can also, he showed the ability to make, you know, some bigger runs, some breakaway runs for you. When I go back and I look at Christian Beal Smith on film, I see some similarities that he's a bigger guy. He can break some tackles at the line. He's a patient runner, but he's not limited to, you know, five yards in a cloud of dust. You know, he can, he can, you know, hit some, some chunkier plays for you. And so I, I think, you know, if this is a guy you can bring in, I think it's a quality acquisition because look, if you've got three running backs, scholarship running backs on your roster, it's going to be tough to make it through the season. I think just from an injury standpoint, somebody's going to get banged up. Probably everybody's going to be playing hurt at some point, not, not injured, hurt. Um, you know, you need another guy. And so this this guy would kind of fill a little bit of that Kevin Harris, you know, type void next season. Well, and you you have to – you kind of have to bridge the gap, right? Like he's coming in, he's he's got one year of eligibility left. Everybody involved knows, hey, he's not, he's not going to be a long-term player. He can't be. But could he be potentially exactly what South Carolina needs right now? Uh, absolutely, just because you – they're going to need that workhorse back that, you know, because of the fact that your other backs maybe aren't necessarily those bruiser type guys, like you said. So I'm, I'm with you, man. I think it, it just makes a lot of sense. And once again, I've said this three or four times now, I, I actually think every, every kid will have their in, own individual recruitment, right? They'll make their own individual decisions. But individually, there's reasons to feel good about South Carolina's position with all four of these guys. So that that could be that that changes for me, man. That that changes the outlook for next season because I think it starts to eliminate some question marks, at least on paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, you always have questions until you've like seen it, right? Mm-hmm. You hear about portal guys. I mean, I feel like it, with a kid like Christian Bill Smith, you know what he can do. He's done it for an entire career at a Power 5 school. And I know, you know, the ACC is not quite the SEC. But as far as when you're – when you're, oh, man. Knocking stuff over. Yeah, compared to – you're getting fired up over there, Chris. Yeah. Um, comparatively – when you're looking at like high school ball and projecting out a guy that's played power five ball and been successful, he's going to come in and, and have every chance to, to, to play well at, at South Carolina. So, but so all four of those guys that we just talked about, if you add them to the roster for next year, that, that changes the outlook a bit for me. Yeah. And that's another thing about the portal is, you know, w- formerly if you were a college Hey, we lost you, Chris. Oh, sorry about that, Wes. Formerly, if you were a college coach, you're looking at your roster. We were talking earlier about roster management, and you're saying, okay, I've got 
a couple guys leaving at a position, or I need to add a depth guy here. You're either counting, you're counting on one of one of three things. You could bring in a JUCO guy, and as Carolina fans love to talk about, those can be crapshoots. There have been some really good ones. There have been some really ones that have not panned out. You're counting on an impact high school guy, which can be very tough, um, or you're hoping that you develop some younger guys from the roster. And a lot of times, if you need an impact guy, you're counting on recruiting somebody to do that. Well, now you can recruit a guy from the transfer portal. Now, it's not that easy because if really good players go in the transfer portal, guess who else is looking at them? A lot of other programs that need the same thing that you do, right? And so uh, it's it's still a recruiting process. It's a different type of recruiting process. Um, But these guys pretty much exclusively, especially a couple or a few of them, are guys that have done it, right? The point you're making. So you're not saying, well, hopefully this guy develops. You're not saying, well, hopefully we take this JUCO and he A, makes the grades and makes it here, and B, he can integrate and learn, and when is he going to get here? Um, And you're not recruiting a high school guy that, yeah, while you feel like he may be able to integrate early and play early, He's still a freshman, and there's going to be an adjustment. These guys, there's less of an adjustment because they've been there. They've done that. And so that's, for a program like South Carolina, that's the beauty of, of plugging in a guy from the portal as opposed to relying on one of those methods. Yeah, uh, you've assessed for you to mix in the water, man. I need to. Knocking stuff around, hitting the mute button. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> we're, we're going to cut this one kind of short, but I do want to hit Greg S.'s question here on our Primal Gourmet chat line. Greg throwing us some – some cash money, man. Appreciate that, Greg. Appreciate the tip. He says, uh, do you think Amos, by the way, not Amos, which I called him wrong for about a full year, I think. Um, he says, do you think Amos will get more run next year? He's a big body runner, runner that got lost in the shuffle this year. Maybe Chris really is day drinking because I don't know where he went. He just disappeared. Um, there he is. Are you you all right over there, man? (laughs) I really am okay. I think I hit some button or something. It's been a a week, I guess. It's been a week. It's been a day. It's been a week. It's been a month. By the way, next interview for Garnet Trust will be with our buddy Parker White. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. Once again, we'll give this sponsor some run here on GC Live, too. Once again, brought to you by 360 Clean. If um, uh, let, let, I'll say it like this, there's not a company right now on the planet that has bought in more, that has put more effort and energy and passion and money behind South Carolina's NIL efforts right now than 360 Clean. So shout out to everybody at 360 Clean. And I'm looking forward to hearing from Parker later today because I think you know, like the Rattler interview was awesome. It was really, really cool to, to be a part of that. Um, if – when you have a guy like Parker on, though, after the season, you know, there's not really games going on anymore. I think we can have a little bit of fun with this one. So, I, I'm I'm looking forward to some Parker White stories, man. Oh, absolutely. He'll have some stories, great personality, interesting guy. So, that'll be fun and fired up about – you know, what Garnet Trust is continuing to do, you're right. 
360 Clean. We really appreciate them sponsoring a lot of really awesome content on the NIL, NIL front with South Carolina student athletes. Wes, when I was booted off, I assume you did not actually answer. Our buddy Steve has pointed out very well, kindly I, to I please. Was just make, I don't know if you did it kindly or not. Um, I don't know what the tone was. There. I was being facetious. Yeah, um, not, not the kindest. But anybody says answer the question? Question mark. I I don't know. I don't know how to. You can't always tell in text though. That's but, right. Um, yeah. Here, here's the thing. Sometimes we just go on little tangents before we answer the question. Oh, yeah. But um, Greg, Greg can say answer the question because Greg gave us $4.99. <laughs> um, 100%. Amos, to answer your question, Greg, I, I mean, absolutely, right? Like, he, he's waited his turn. I don't know I don't know that he's necessarily a big-bodied type. Like, I, I don't know – I don't know that he's fits that either. Now, may, maybe he's Chris. Maybe he's put on some lbs of the good kind, um, not the lbs like I've been putting on sitting home in quarantine. But if uh, if you look at him, I thought he was more of a juju style runner at, out of high school. Now, I, I actually need to go back and check the tape, see what he's listed at. And there was some discussion, I believe, after his first year that he had been putting on some weight. So may, maybe the style has changed a little bit. Um, but to answer the first part of Greg's question, he's certainly going to have more of an opportunity this coming season than he did this just completed season. Absolutely. And I, I think he's kind of maybe an in-betweener right now in terms of he's definitely not, you know, a, a – a juju type, but he's not a Kevin Harris type, you know, um, a little bit in between skill set. Um, something, I mean, I even heard this recently, you know, aim talking about Amos and with some folks, you know, he runs hard. And so I think he's going to have an opportunity to be in there, particularly when, I mean, you're, you're one injury away, you know, you're one injury away from, um, you know, being the guy or the number two guy. But yeah. when you look at having three scholarship backs, now will it be more than that going into this year as we discussed from the portal? Yeah, probably so. But um wow, six two two twenty four. So yeah, yeah I, I just looked that up and then Greg um yeah Greg posted as well. Let let me stand corrected on that. Size wise, I mean if he can run behind that size then then yeah he's he's yeah he is a good bit bigger than than I pictured him in my head <laughs> or, you know, that I, that I pictured him last time I saw him in person. So and here's a good point by Ox. He's built like Brandon Wilds. You, yeah. I can kind of see that, you know? So, yeah. um, yeah. And his high school tape w- was really good, man. He runs hard. So, um, it, it'll be interesting. Remember- Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, it's going to be interesting. I think he's going to have a chance. I wish I could remember Montario Hardesty's uh, comp for Amos because remember he, he got asked he he did he told his comps and these were like NFL comps you know like guys who have made it and I, I wish I could remember what his was for for um Rashad who who was the Le'Veon Bell one I don't know but that's a I I think Z White's got some Le'Veon Bell I I, I feel like that might have been it or one of the backs, maybe Z Z White told us 
yeah. that he thought Le'Veon Bell. Hold oh, on, yeah. I'm, lo- I'm looking it up for he you right Saquon now. Saquon Barkley on somebody, I think. Like they, I it mean, was they Amos. Were, they they were like lofty. <laughs> yeah, they here they are. Goals. Here they are. We got Marshawn Lloyd was DeAndre Swift and Josh Jacobs. Um, Taquandre White was Kareem Hunt. Barkley for Rashad Amos and Deion Lewis for Gigi McDowell. Yeah, if those guys, uh, whoo, those are those are good ones. Yeah, if you hit if you hit that goal, doing pretty well. Shout out to walk to Walter. Um, he says, "Dang, two fifty in the chat on a Friday, killing it! Congrats on the on the growth." Nah, man, appreciate you. Appreciate y'all. I mean, it's not us; it's all y'all, and it's really the it's the excitement around the program right now, I think, man. Um, the Rattler factor and, of course, um, winning the bowl game. And now some transfer portal sort of carryover effect. There's excitement, man. So that that, that makes it fun. We love that aspect of it. And uh, we appreciate all y'all. We're, we're going to have to do this again early next week. We got stuff to do. Matter of fact, we got some recording of other interviews to do. Do, do we know when the Parker White uh, interview will go out? I'm guessing maybe next Monday potentially. That that was what I was planning in my head. So it looks like we're on the same page. So let's say Monday. All right, Monday. Hear from Parker White. Um, the latest, but certainly not the last, of our Garnet Trust featured exclusives. And this one, again, brought to you by 360 Clean. Shout out to those guys, man. They do a great job. Um, supporting Garnet Trust, and just a great job in general, uh, 360clean.com if you want more information on them. And for those who don't know, I know y'all started to see that logo, seeing that brand. 360 Clean, it, they handle professional cleaning services. So if you own a business, um, it really any type of business, and you want to have it consistently professionally cleaned, whether it's a restaurant, um, you know, any type of sales, basically any type of business. They handle stuff like that. So check out 360clean.com, professional cleaning services, and they're they're all over. Um, I, do, you, do you know where all 360 Clean is as far as uh, that they're located, Chris? I, I know they're they're all over in South Carolina, I think. Yeah, they have franchises um, at a, a lot of different places. I don't know. Um, Completely put you on the spot. I, I was about to say yeah. – I was about to say where they were, then I was like, I don't actually know how far out – they, they have here. I'll, I'll tell you right now: Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Illinois, Indiana, Nebraska, Nevada, North Carolina, Ohio, of course, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, Virginia, and Wisconsin. So, uh, three sixty Queen is actually one of the top franchisers as well, like in the country. West, I mean, they do an amazing job with their franchises. So, if you ever wanted to be a business owner, entrepreneur, you can also look into that aspect. Um. And uh, yes, so Scout Guy says 360 Clean. Are they owned by a USC alum? The answer would be yes. Well, I, I guess the different franchises are owned by. I, I don't know. I don't know their structure, but 360 Clean itself is owned by a USC fan. So if you want to, if you want to support people that are supporting Garnet Trust, support them. You got anything else, man? No. Nope. Let's get on out of here. Um, all right, y'all. Appreciate it. Sorry that we got stuff coming in. We got we got a lot going on. 
Uh, appreciate the support as always. Y'all have a great weekend. He's Chris. I'm Wes. We'll see you early next week. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.